Welcome to I'm Screaming, a podcast for anyone who's felt like shamelessly screaming at the top of their lungs over a moment in pop culture. Because sometimes pop culture can be scary and you gotta let it out. Let's scream about it together. Good evening, Megan. Good evening, Giselle. (laughs) Here we are, the night after the Emmys. The night after the Emmys. I mean, and an eventful Emmys they were. We got to watch together. Which was exciting. So fun. So great. Honestly, us and an award show, I feel like is our prime. It really is. It's like, it's like a Chris, it's like Christmas morning situation for me when I wake up and there's an award show on. It's so, as much as like, I was seeing a lot of things about how like, how crazy is it that the Emmys are on tonight with everything going on in the world. And I agree with that. But I also say it's a beautiful distraction for a few hours. You say, say la vie. Say la vie. Be Watch the, the Emmys. Watch, Watch the, Emmys. the Emmys. Find some joy. Uh, Let the Emmys spark joy in you. Truly Marie Kondo. Listen to her. <laughs> Let's bring it back. Um, but we have an exciting episode in store for you guys. Of course, we're, we're doing our full-blown Emmys review. An extension of our Instagram commentary and Meg's incredible Twitter commentary. Plugging Meg on Twitter as always. Also, can I just say, can I give you your flowers today, Megan? Yes, thank you. You not only covered Instagram, but you also covered Twitter last night. You did both. I was fully doing the same thing on both, though, but, <laughs> a lot of the time. But also, but, I loved, I it brought me so much joy to be, like, recording you and Vera reacting to things. I mean, it was really fun. And, like, you were really holding it down for the reactions. I felt as though I maybe was providing these reactions. You, but were. you were. You were really giving us. You were giving us space. I try. Um, But before we even get into it and the rest of the things we're going to talk about, I feel like we have an exciting announcement for the people, don't we, Meg? We do. We do. So our our review contest has ended. It's closed. However, before we get into it, I want to say that doesn't mean that you shouldn't go leave us a review. If you you know us personally and you haven't left a review on our podcast, you should be ashamed of yourself. We see it. (laughs) (laughs) We are so... But I have to say, I want to be so grateful to the people who did leave such amazing reviews like that just like made my heart sore, made me smile mm-hmm. so much. The fact that like obviously Giselle and I would have again, as we say all the time, we'd have these conversations anyway, even if mm-hmm. we didn't have this podcast. But that's why we have the podcast so that other people can enjoy it as well. And to hear that people enjoy our dynamic, enjoy what we have to say, engage with it. It's just like it's rewarding no, I agree. It really does make me so happy. And, like, whenever, like, Meg and I are obsessive, so, like, whenever we get, like, a new review or I'll check every day, and if I see a new review, like, it, it honest honest to God makes my day. It, it really, really does. Because that's, I mean, that's how we're going to make I'm Screaming famous. Yes. And as we always say, if we're famous, you're famous. You're famous. Um, but okay. <laughs> Literally. Meg, can I get a drum roll? Okay, well, that drum roll. Um, Kaylee Shatner, you are the winner of our review contest. Woo! I'm going to add some special effects, sound effects in here. (laughs) Oh my God, yes, editing.
Um, Kaylee, thank you so much for leaving a review and for always messaging us and for being such an incredible human and fan. Um, yes, bear down. <laughs> some some yes. yoga I love. <laughs> and so we're so excited. Obviously, we'll talk to you. <laughs> but yes. um, that means that you get to pick a topic for a special mini-sode. And if you so choose, come on that mini-sode. Yes. I'm so excited. And um, I can't wait for that. Me too. So everyone stay tuned. Kaylee, thank you so much. We're so excited. And we will be messaging you. So. Yes. And thank you to everybody else who left reviews too. They were all wonderful. And we'll do more contests like this. We'll do more things where like you guys will get to interact with the pod and maybe come on the pod. You know, we just love guests. We love it. We love it. So Meg, should we get into the Emmys? The 2020, the 72nd annual Primetime Emmy Awards. I mean, so first of all, if you were surprised, don't be. It was digital. Kind of. It was like digital, but also like in person. It was it was interesting. The the way that it started with Jimmy Kimmel. So they held it at the Staples Center, I suppose, to allow for more space um, Mm -hmm. to be able to be socially distant, which is good. Um, So it started off with Jimmy Kimmel, just kind of like a clip of him walking out onto a stage with this huge audience. The pandemies. Um, the pandemies. <laughs> Mr. Kimmel loves his puns. Also, I mean, I have to say this. Maybe I've said this on the pod already, but I was so happy it was Jimmy Kimmel and not Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon gives me the heebie-jeebies. Jimmy Fallon is just, like, so 2015. He's chaotic he's, for me. He has so much chaotic energy, and it's like, I don't know. I think he's just, like, a phrase I've used before on this podcast. I think he's too sweet to be wholesome in a lot of ways um and is just yeah I mean I think like I said to you last night I think I said Jimmy Kimmel like I like him a lot Mm -hmm. but he can like bug me sometimes like sometimes he's just like like last night I don't think he was that funny at all really like it was it was very lackluster on the comedy but uh but I I enjoy him I think he after that Oscars debacle he knows how to keep a show running yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, Jimmy Kimmel's fine for me. He's not my favorite late-night talk show host. He's honestly in my, like, lower half. Yeah. But um, but I do think he's decent. Like, yeah. I don't see him on the screen and I'm, like, angry. Yeah. Um, but actually, Meg, I did you like the cut to last year's Emmys with the people? I quite liked it. The reaction, the audience reactions. I think I liked it, too. And I, I mean... I didn't know, I think at first we didn't know, like, okay, what's going on? Is this going to be the whole thing? Like, are they just going to pretend? Um, but then he did kind of like a cut, like, I'm here by myself thing. Um, but it was. It was like, I think because he wasn't even being that funny, like, seeing their reactions to things he said almost made me want to laugh more at his jokes. So I think yeah. it helped him out a lot. And I do think it, it, it made me feel normal for five minutes. No, totally. And, like, even, like, I'm such a sucker. Like, fully, I watched the Emmys last year. And, like, fully, this wasn't real. Like, it happened last year. But I was still, like, screaming at the TV when I saw We were Emmy yelling when, when we saw different people. Yeah. Pointing them out. So, yeah. So, I thought it was, I thought it was, like, a kind of clever way to open. It was, I think some people were a little unsettled by it. But I think it was, it, yeah, I think it was clever. Yeah. And it's, like, I feel like the most interesting part of, like, award shows in this era is just the fact that like there's there's truly like no roadmap like no one has ever done it before Mm -hmm. so like the vmas did it very differently like the grammys will do it differently the oscars will do it differently 
Um, but yeah, I, I kind of enjoyed the Emmys, like, poking fun at what was going on without really, like, being too, like, insensitive to the world around us. Totally. Totally. They were, they were well, they were very much into spotlighting our essential workers. <laughs> they loved I mean, it. They loved an essential worker. <laughs> they loved, they loved an essential worker. They really, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, Vera kept making this comment last night, and she was like, is this the DNC? Yes. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I am all for, like, Hollywood and this this point of Hollywood making a stance that, like, we hate Trump and, like, we're going to support Joe Biden, like, which really was what this whole thing seemed to me without saying that we're supporting Joe Biden. It was like, we're telling people to wear masks and, like, we're highlighting POC essential workers, like, whatever. Um... But yeah, no, I mean, like, it's also interesting because it's like, we always talk about things being political or like whatever, but even award shows at this point are, are become, like, they've always had an air of like more politicalness, but like, this one was like, you couldn't get away from it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, I mean, I, I rewatched, of course, which we'll get to, but when Zendaya won, like three times today. Um, and like Laura Linney, like of Ozark, was wearing mm-hmm. a, a onesie that said vote all over it. So it was like anyone who had an opportunity to be on camera was was in some way making a statement, you know, whether it was um, Uzo Aduba and uh, Regina King wearing Breonna Taylor T-shirts or, you know, Sterling K. Brown had a Black Lives Matter shirt on or like something like that, like vote. And of course, Mark Mark Ruffalo just like screaming with every fiber of his being that we need to be kind to one another and that we need to vote and like all of this shit like king of my heart right now um but yeah it was it was a lot about making visual statements and then anybody who kind of got a chance to make a speech absolutely you know included or at least referenced the tough times we're living through right now so it was impossible to kind of ignore that I mean the fact that they were on zoom was just you know an embodiment of the fact that the last six months have just been completely fucked up totally and I mean it was like I feel like rolling into even more of, like, the first part of the Emmys, like, still into to Jimmy Kimmel's monologue, if you will. The first guest that, like, so if you didn't watch, some guests or some presenters were actually, like, at the arena, like, presenting with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. So, like, the first person that was, like, also IRL with Jimmy was Jenna Aniston. <laughs> Miss Aniston. Miss Aniston and Miss Aniston was nominated for the morning show, which I I mean, like, I don't even think it needs to. This is like a statement that needs an apologist because the morning show is like actually an incredible show. But like, I'm a morning show apologist because like I tell everyone that they must watch it. Like, I don't know how you get Apple Plus TV or whatever the fuck, but like watch the morning show. Like I'm, you get a year the- free, I believe, if you have um, like at least bought an Apple product in the last like six months or something. Okay, yes. Everyone yeah. figure that out and watch it. Like, <laughs> I'm not even, I, like, I, I, Meg knows, like, I am honestly not even that much of a Jennifer Aniston stan. I've never seen Friends. Yeah. I don't care to ever watch Friends. But, like, The Morning Show, her, Reese, they were great. Oh, I mean, you know, I mean, you told me to watch it, and then my mom and I watched it, and we loved it. Yes. But all of that to say that she was the first guest. Um, and Meg made this clear to me, which is that Jimmy Kimmel and Jennifer Aniston run in the same friend circle. Oh, yeah. It's like <laughs> Jimmy Kimmel, because his wife, Molly, Molly McNeary, she's a writer on his show. 
um, is like one of Jennifer Aniston's best friends. And I believe they probably mm. live in the same area. So it's like him, Jason Bateman, Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox. They, they're just all like in the same kind of group of friends. So they yeah. go on vacation together, all this stuff. So And it definitely showed because all those people that you just listed somehow were intertwined with this whole entire Emmys gig. Yes. But what I was, I bring this all up to say, like they did this bit. The, the 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 thing with this Emmys is like the dichotomy the dichotomy was a bit alarming sometimes because it's like at one point we're like having essential workers present Emmys and then like the other half is like celebrities trying to do a bit about COVID or Black Lives Matter it, but like trying to make it a bit funny like this one with Jennifer Aniston was like uh, I think Jimmy Kimmel like had the envelope and he like was trying to do a play on like sanitizing it or something so like he like lit it on fire and like which is like what and then jennifer aniston like had the fucking fire extinguisher and she like kept putting it out and then it wouldn't go out so then they were putting it out for like two minutes um and i was like this like that i i get it like i get what they're trying to do but i was like this is just like a bit weird the bits not the bits also like hello vocabulary yes dichotomy um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes we dichotomy always have to like call out my... vocabulary yes dichotomy is like one of my favorite words so yeah i love that word it's an amazing word um mm. not the bits um the bits were so silly the bits only seemed to get worse from there there was so the bad. one where i believe it was jason sudeikis got a covid test oh my god yeah um but it was very obvious that he wasn't actually getting a covid test there was the bit in which david letterman was on the side of a country road somewhere reading Mm. the the talking points that he had from like the 1986 emmys i was confused Um, and yeah he was talking about the mets and blah 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 and it was just very confusing um there was the bit in which Anthony Anderson came out and was talking a ton about Black Lives Matter. We couldn't really figure out for a while whether it was it was scripted or not. I believe it. The, at the end of the day, I believe it was scripted because Jimmy Kimmel had answers for him. But yeah. um, and I, I some of the things he said I loved, but it also left me feeling a little just like off because I was like, is this a joke? Like what you know, what is what is going on with this? Um and then at the towards the end, it was like Sterling K. Brown presenting best drama, which like so disrespectful to Sterling K. Brown making him present best drama. But like clownery. But like coming out being like, oh yes, this is us one. Like, we're so happy, like stacked field this year. And then being like, why do I have an envelope? Oh, I'm presenting. Oh, we weren't even nominated. And I was like, Ugh. like it was a lot of cringe. A lot of cringe. And like you said with the added bonus of the essential workers and everything, it felt like they were trying to fill time. And and something I noticed today is that Jimmy Kimmel presented a lot of the awards himself. So, oh, there was oh, also yeah. the one with, um, what's his name, from Fresh Off the Boat, with the llama slash alpaca, which it. was just so ridiculous. It, it just, it felt very silly and like i would have almost preferred if they had some like tv stars zoom in from home to present the award it was it was so chaotic it was incredibly chaotic yeah it was extremely chaotic um it 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 just yeah there was no flow also like half the time like i didn't know who was like what award was being presented until like the name started rolling on the screen like i felt like there was no like 
cues, like cues on the screen to be telling us what was happening. And then like someone like the, the DJ would maybe be like the DJ something. literally introed a couple of awards where he was like, our next award is for best actor in a drama. And then the nominees would just come up. And like yeah. there were you're right. There were a few times where. It was either Jimmy Kimmel or someone else explaining what the category was, like saying these five actresses nominated are wonderful and talented, but not actually saying whether it was best actress in a comedy, best actress in a drama. And obviously, having watched award shows before, we knew that it was going to be comedy and then it was limited series and then it was drama, like all Mm -hmm. bunched together. But it was just very chaotic. And then the added bonus of the decision to award the the actors and actresses the the leader the leading actors and actresses first before supporting yeah was that was a very choice. incredibly odd to me um obviously supporting is just as important but also technically not because it's in the name leading and supporting um so it was just really it was a really interesting way to run the show um i i found a lot more joy in the speeches and in seeing um a lot of the the actors um on their zooms and in their little houses like like i'm what's coming to mind right now is paul mezcal from normal people with his little plant next to him and him just yes. like being really bashful like those are the moments in which i found more joy from the award show for sure no totally i mean like with that i guess should we like dive into the actual awards yes. themselves and i mean like this is no shock to anyone like shit's creek had a night shit's creek had a night honey Um, There was a lot of discourse about this. I have words. Yeah, there was a lot of discourse about this, on I think, on Twitter while we were watching. Um, I don't know if I was keeping up so much with the other discourse because I was like, we were having our own discourse. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Schitt's Creek was the first show, comedy or drama, to ever sweep all four major acting categories at the Emmys, which is insane for a show that had never been nominated before this year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is the thing, and this is what's hard for me about this because, like, I, I, I one hundred percent know that people adore, love Shit's Creek. Like, I also have seen like two seasons, and the two seasons that I've seen, I also really enjoyed and adored, and I also think that cast is very kind and deserving. Yes, good people, good but, Canadian people, good, good Canadian people. <laughs> but like, the thing is, like. And of course, like I'm, I'm speaking from the only show that I think deserved, and also I've watched religiously, and that's Insecure. And I do think that they were snubbed last night. I mean, completely, like didn't win anything. Like, like the whole, the whole for time. right, like was Issa nominated for writing? I don't she think she wasn't. So. No, the Which show is- was nominated. I believe there was a casting nomination. Um, And then Yvonne and Issa and Insecure, the show itself, was up for Best Comedy, but it did not win any of those. Maybe there was another one, some sort of styling award um, that would have aired earlier in the week at the Creative Arts Emmys. Um, But yeah, didn't win anything. But that, I mean, that was true of a lot of comedy shows. I mean, obviously, you know I love Insecure, too, and that I was rooting for them. Um, But, like, truly, Schitt's Creek just won everything. yeah. I mean, what other shows were nominated in comedy? Um, it was Schitt's Creek, Insecure. Curb Your Enthusiasm, Dead to Me. They always get nominated. Oh, yeah, Dead to Me is also a great show, too. Amazing show. Um, the Good Place, which also was airing its last season, 
you know, um, I I was seeing a lot of discourse today and I I do kind of agree with this, um, because there was a lot of discourse saying, okay, well, like if the show is the best show, then down the line, it's the best show. But I I don't really know if that's true. Like, like Schitt's Creek won for best directing, um, which was Dan Levy also technically directed that episode. So that's why he won four Emmys last night personally. Um, and I just think like, I'm sure another show had a decently directed episode. You know what I mean? It, it just felt very like it felt a little bit like overkill after a while. I don't think people are going to like us for saying this. I mean, I watched it's Creek. I've seen it. I love it. It may, makes me cry. It's a great show. It's a great story. The whole, you know, um, Eugene Levy and uh, and Catherine O'Hara being comedy partners since like the 70s. It's a great story. It's a father, son, and his sister's on it, too. Like, it's a great show. But I do just think, like, without even just spreading the wealth to spread the wealth, I think the wealth could have been spread a little bit more than it was. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, Because, yeah, yeah. And I I think, like, Schitt's Creek winning Best Comedy this year or whatever, like, love that for them. That's great. I mean, and, like, also... In terms of the acting categories, like, do I think that Alexis, whatever her name was, the girl who plays Alexis, uh, Annie, Annie Murphy, she's great. And I think Meg, even you were like, oh, I don't think she's going to win. We, we, we were like, oh, maybe not. And then she ended up winning, which like, obviously she's talented, like no one drag us, whatever. But like, we can like, as my new favorite thing that Vera says that I now say, two truths can exist at the same time. Yes. And Annie can be extremely talented and possibly maybe other women could have deserved it more. I don't know. It was just, for me, it was hard. Yeah, I do think that, like, there were a lot of really, really great shows in the running, which obviously if they're nominated for this, that means they're a great show. Um, But, yeah, what a sweep. I mean, truly good for them, and especially because there's, like, a lot of LGBTQ and representation on that show. Mm-hmm. You know, Dan Levy is queer. It's It's... And he was nice. And he's wonderful. I loved him. A wonderful him being human like being. Issa Rae deserves. Yeah. I was like, yes. And acknowledge the fact that the internet was going to turn on him. Halfway half during one of his speeches said something like, I'm sure the internet is turning on me at this point. Which and is it's true. And it's true because there was another kind of narrative. I love to say, I feel like I say this too much on this podcast, like the narratives that I see or that I think about. But like, I was thinking about that narrative of like, because I do agree that it was, it, it felt a bit like overkill even for a show that I love so much and I thought mm-hmm. deserved deserved awards but this is the problem when the academy doesn't nominate shows until their final season because then the good place which was also an amazing show goes off air forever without ever having won an emmy for anything yeah. and, and I that just the good that, place had good seasons and like and and the good place final season was like hard to stick you know what I mean like that was a convoluted concept it could have very easily been super cheesy but I think they did a great job wrapping it up and would have loved to see it get some recognition last night um like I truly I think that Annie Murphy is probably one like the more the more almost the most deserving of the cast of Schitt's Creek because I think Mm. I think she has developed that character over those seasons so well and, and I mean I I, I, I did love to say, I, I mean I, I did say right before they announced the category I said Annie Murphy that'll suck for her if she's the only one who doesn't win yeah because I don't think she's gonna and then she did it and I was very surprised but but yeah I mean I, I also think the way that everybody was 
was saying was turning on it the way that I'm doing it right now where I'm saying, oh, too many, you know, is when like we we turn on things that succeed so easily in our culture, I think. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Things that get awarded, oftentimes then their next season, everybody is screaming about how overrated it is and yeah. does didn't deserve all those awards and everything like that. And so it, it does become, I mean, Dan Levy picked up on it halfway through the ceremony last night where he said, everyone's turning on me now and they're going to hate us next week. And, and I mean, it's true. It's almost true now. Which is sad. I, it yeah. is sad. And, and I mean, like, good for Schitt's Creek, 100%. But... Would I have liked to see some other awards go to some other good shows that I like? Yeah, sure. No, totally. And I think you're so right with that. And it's like, there's always a hundred sides of the coin. It's like, obviously, like, obviously, I first of all, I haven't seen that many of these shows. Like, I've seen Shits, a couple of seasons of Shits Creek. Obviously, I've seen all of Insecure. I've seen three seasons of The Good Place. I've never yeah. seen Caribbean Enthusiasm, whatever. Um, You've seen but- Dead to Me also. I've seen both. I mean, was, nobody seen has me. seen the Kaminsky, Kaminsky method. I dare somebody to DM us and tell me that they've watched the Kaminsky method because they, I've never met someone nom- in my life who's watched that show. And they get nominated every year. Every, every year. Every year the Kaminsky method gets nominated. But like, let's say like, let's yep. call a spade a spade. If Insecure had won everything, then I'd be like lit, obviously. Um, but like, I, I there'd be people yeah. who'd be like, well, it's not that great. Or like, it didn't deserve or like, whatever. And like, I agree. I think like, Leaving this comedy chat into the limited series chat, like, Shit's Creek deserves. And also, I will, I just have to give a shout out to the way they received all those awards and Dan Levy and, like, watching them be together, watching that cast. Like, I really respected that. And, like, this, like, oh, I'm leaving. Sweet. I'm leaving this part of the Emmys now wanting to finish Shit's Creek. Like, that is yeah. what that made me want. And the final season is coming to Netflix on, I think, October 7th, they announced today. So it's all going to be on Netflix mm-hmm. um, for you to stream. And, yeah, let's move into limited series. I think God bless Shit's Creek. Congratulations. I'm not – I am no wish no ill will on any of them, and it's a great show. <laughs> but we Agreed. have to have these conversations. Yeah. Not trying to hate, not just trying to oh. have a conversation about it. Oh, 8 p.m. <laughs> Do you know where your children are? So let's dive into Limited, which was actually, I mean, although one show did I certainly dominate a little bit. It was actually, I think, more of a mixed bag in terms of um, the shows mm-hmm. that won. Um, so this, I mean, this was a great section of the show for us. Um, literally k- k- kicking it off with my queen. My Regina queen, King. our queen. Our queen, Regina King, wearing her Brianna Taylor shirt, being a star, being stunning, being deserving, always winning some sort of award. I don't think there's been an award season in maybe five years that Regina King hasn't the won something. The only one is 2017. And wow. I don't think, I think it's because she just wasn't in anything. But like, but she it was continu- Emmy in 2015, Emmy in 2016, Emmy in 2018, Oscar in 2019, Emmy in 2020. Also, we're rooting for a Best Director nomination at the Oscars this year. Um, she's just on top of the world. And it's just a delight to see her always. Yeah, I mean, truly glowing always. Like, she just is someone who in Hollywood I will never be, obviously never be upset that she's winning, but also just, like, 
once again deserves an incredible voice for for Hollywood and always has something great to say. I always look forward to a Regina King speech. Yeah, always, always up there, just the most confident, but also just the most humble and wonderful person. I just she's everything, everything, everything. Um, and then her on-screen hubby actually won for supporting for a limited series, Yaya Abdul-Mateen. I believe you say his name, Yaya. I'm so sorry if I said that wrong. Um, hot. hot and talented and deserving. And honestly, like, look out for him. I mean, of Aquaman fame. You saw Aquaman, right? I did. Yes. And he's going to be in Candyman, the new horror movie that was supposed to come out but is being pushed back to next year now thank you covid but um lots of exciting things the story of everyone's life yeah um and then we had uzo aduba in supporting um for playing shirley chisholm on miss americana no mrs america (laughs) yes and mark ruffalo and then of course we had the delightful mark ruffalo um winning his i believe first emmy and was just so so happy so excited and was apparently very good in that show which now i feel like i have to watch it felt very depressing when it came out during covid or you know during like the kind of darker months of covid i was like yeah i don't know if i can handle this right now but uh but i mean playing twins love to iconic see it. love to see it um yeah and then Watchmen won uh for limited best limited series outstanding Which limited series we love Watchmen was great I mean so weird so freaky so many amazing talents in that show mm-hmm. um but just like a wild ride from start to finish I enjoyed every second of it agreed that yeah. yeah I mean incredible talented show-stopping unafraid to reference or not reference deserves yeah, I agree. I, I do feel like limited series was a bit more spread out. Yeah. I mean, like, whatever. Watchmen won a lot of things, but <laughs> Mark Ruffalo won. No, And totally, love that totally. for um, Miss America. Yes, Mrs. America. Exactly. Um, yeah, and it also, um, but also in that category, that Netflix show Unorthodox, which oh, I yeah. really enjoyed, one for directing for a limited series. So even more so the, you know, because Schitt's Creek actually did one for directing for a comedy as well. So... And uh, I think then Watchmen won for writing. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So, I mean, great for Watchmen. Congratulations. <laughs> it was the most nominated show this year. So, it did make sense that it won, you know, that many awards. Um, mm-hmm. I was actually looking, and this is really interesting. It was really interesting to me. In the major awards categories, because there's a lot of, obviously, creative arts Emmys that I don't think we really have time to get into. But in the major um Awards, so actor, actress, limited series, mm-hmm. comedy series. Um, Netflix only won two awards. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was um, Julia Garner for Ozark, which we'll get into. She was supporting in, in drama. And then that unorthodox directing win. Um, and then Pop TV for Schitt's Creek had seven, of course. Um, Pop TV. But HBO was the big, big tally winner with 10 or 11. Wow. So kind of surprising Netflix, which has dominated, I feel like, this whole, the past six months in terms of films that have come out a lot, like, for the most part. Yeah. um, 
just like didn't really clean up very well at the Emmys. But shall we get into drama? Let's the drama do bell. it. Like I said, Julia Garner won for supporting actress yes. um, for Ozark, which I have heard she's great on that show. I haven't watched it. Maybe yeah, I should now. Yeah, people love Ozark. Um, but I did see her. I was telling just you this last night. I saw her in a movie that came out on Hulu this year called The Assistant, and it's incredibly good. And she's very, very good in it. So um, good for her. Her husband, by the way, is the lead singer of Foster the People. Oh, really? And he was wearing just this, like, ridiculous robe. Yeah, it wasn't. And was sitting next to her while she did her acceptance speech, and I was just, I didn't hear a word she said. I was so distracted by his robe. It was. It was. I mean, I did not know who that was. I was like, why is this man sitting here? Also, that was a thing last night. Like, everyone's spouses was, like, next to them while they were accepting their Mark's <laughs> Mark's wife, Sunny. Sunny was lit. Sunny was lit for Mark's win. She was so happy. <laughs> Which, like, yes, I get it. I would yeah. be, too. So sweet. But every time he said, like, vote and be kind to each other, she was like, yes! Like, exactly! <laughs> <laughs> um, Meg, it was a big night for your favorite show. What's the theme song? Success. Maybe I'll just put the actual theme song in there rather than you having to hear my horse voice. <laughs> yes. Um, Nicholas Bretelhive, let's stand up. He's the composer for Succession. He also composed If Beale Street Could Talk, directed by Barry Jenkins, starring Brian Tyree Henry. <laughs> An incredible score if anybody needs something to... Um, you know, walk mournfully too. It's very. Romantic. Wasn't he in like your top five something or whatever? Oh, he was year? in. Yeah, he was in my top artists of twenty nineteen. <laughs> I the succession that. theme is great to run to, guys. It's like really, really like pound the pavement. Um, but it was my number one boy, Jeremy Strong, who plays Kendall on Succession, won his Emmy. In my opinion, just so deserved. He's incredible in the show. So, so good. Um, and Succession won Best Drama and Best Writing and Best Director so, or Directing. So so that was great for them. Happy for them. They didn't really get recognized uh, last year at the Emmys for season one. Like, none of the actors got nominated. So I was happy to see that. Um, but the morning show did win. Won, won award. Billy Crudup won for the morning show for Supporting Actor. Um, I, I thought he was great him. in that show. Yeah. I did too. He was skeevy think... and great, but like, yeah. Yeah, I know. I definitely felt like his character had the most depth out of all of them because the whole entire show, I couldn't tell if I liked him or not, which like if that yes. is like how I feel, then I know a character is good because sometimes I'm like, wait, he's great. And then other times I'd be like, wait, no, he's bad. And then I'd be like, wait, no, I think, no, he was great. I That was deserved. No, totally. And I think it's those characters, and that's the same way I feel about, you know, um, Kendall and Succession. It's like where you get frustrated with them or you don't know how to feel, it's like those are the characters that you want to see. You want to see three-dimensional characters. You don't just want someone who's just like a goody two-shoes or a really evil person. You need to see nuance and you need to see different layers. So so love that. And then love shall that. we um, celebrate the probably the best moment of the night? <laughs> Like, the whole night was fun because I was with you, Meg, and Vera, yes. but, like, honestly, when Miss... So, first of all, when we're getting to lead actress, right? Yes. It's lead. Lead actress in a drama. Lead actress in a drama. Like, we all knew who was nominated. 
Meg and I honestly thought it was going to Miss Aniston. Like, at least I thought it was going to Miss Aniston. Or Laura Linney. Like, truly, Zendaya was middle of the pack for me. Not in terms of how much I enjoyed the performance, but in terms of, like, the odds to win. I really did not feel like she was up there. But, like, when that, whoever was announcing it It was Jimmy Kimmel. (laughs) Oh, okay. Whenever, when Jimmy Kimmel literally uttered the words Zendaya Coleman, I truly... I was crying. Like I was you so. Were. I was. I was crying too. Happy. I was so happy. Like I just Zendaya is like the one, like one celebrity that like no matter what to me, she just like I will always think she deserves. Like I think she's extremely talented. I think that Euphoria was a role for her to prove to people that she's a talented actress because I think a lot of people thought because she came from Disney and like she was on like in Spider Man, which like she really didn't have to act in that difficultly diff- more you know what i'm trying to say yeah um with difficulty um but euphoria was in rue is such an incredible and deep role and like i loved that for her also her reaction also her whole entire family and her team she looked stunning also she wore christopher john rogers which like we love her continuously supporting black designers in the beginning like i just everything she does like whatever zendaya touches is gold and i will be on the sidelines cheering for it her speech was wonderful too i mean i think you know, she's so young. I mean, she's two years younger than me. A year younger. She's than the me. youngest person, the lead actress to youngest win Youngest lead right? actress in history. Also, something that I think people have been leaving out is that she's only the second black actress to ever win it in yeah. 72 years. So I think that's even more like something we should be focused. I mean, yes, young. I mean, incredibly young. And that's amazing. But I think something that is true across all of these awards bodies is that they love to award the young ingenue female Whereas they'll give any, like, you know, the male awards to, you know, like, 70-year-old men most of the time. Yeah. But, I mean, historic and amazing. And I don't know if you saw, but the New York Post headline was, like, big upset. Uh, Zendaya wins Emmy for lead actress. And there were all these responses to the tweet being like, what do you mean? Nobody's upset that Zendaya won. How dare you? That is so rude. And there was a lot of... There was literally a Twitter moment today that was like, everybody's learning what an upset means today because of Zendaya's Emmy win. Like, all of these probably, like, tweens who love her. But I, I did think it was lovely that they were all ready to to fight for Zendaya's honor. Um, fight till the death for Zendaya. She's incredible in Euphoria. And, I mean, I think I, I've seen almost all the performances. I've seen all the performances in this category except for Laura Linney and Ozark. Um and I mean, I think they're all great, but I think this is so, so great for her. So amazing for her going into the next stage of her career, going into season yeah. two of Euphoria. Um, and like you said, for people to take her even more seriously, it's it's just, it's amazing. And and I think she looked beautiful and was so, so excited. And it was just like really, really lovely to see. I loved it. It was such a beautiful moment and like made me so happy and like, Whatever, like, it was obviously so, it's been so fun, like, watching the Emmys, but, like, you know that moment that just makes you feel like everything was, like, so worth it? Totally. <laughs> that, was, that was that moment. Totally. For... It's ex- it's exhausting watching these shows, too. Like we said, I mean, the bits were just too much, but it was all worth it to um, see that see that moment. It was wonderful. But, but yeah. But, yeah. That's the that. Emmys! The 2020 Emmys are past us. Um... And now we're going to have a long wait for award season. Um, I suppose Grammy nominations are next. 
soon, which will be telling coming up soon um i suppose i think the ceremony is still scheduled for january um but the oscars are pushed back to i think april um so oh really really hard for me yeah <laughs> Sorry. They're giving movies time to come out, but I don't think it really even is going to be worth it because movies are still just going to get pushed back. I mean, Tenet is making no money in this country because nobody's going to the movies. So yeah. all of the studios are scrambling and absolutely altering their timeline. So Or just release on streaming. I mean, that could be a good segue into our next topic. Yes. Um, because I do, I mean, I wonder, will Marvel just cut their losses and, uh, release Black Widow to streaming? I don't, I don't think yet, but, but I mean, if this continues there, they might. I mean, yeah, the, the, the thing, the, the whole thing is like, if whatever, there's probably some huge, huge, huge Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson stands in the world, and they're probably so upset about this, but, like, if there were any Marvel movie, in my opinion, that was, like, going to be released on streaming, like, I'm okay with it being Black Widow, and this is coming from an incredibly huge Marvel stand. I just, like, as, as a stan, I can be critical of some things, and it's not, the thing about this is, like, I'm not even critical, really, of Black Widow's character. I'm more critical of Scarlett Johansson. I think Scarlett Johansson is just annoying. Black Widow is actually one of the female characters that I don't, I like more than others. Like, whatever. We will yeah. get into my thoughts about Captain Marvel at a later date. But yeah, um, we need to do that. But, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, Marvel just has so much money. Disney just has so much money. I'd love to know how much Disney's made on um, Black is King and Hamilton because, like, if they were, like, the, the Marvel stands have, they have power. I mean, they really do. And I mean, I think the true test of it will be how much Mulan has made, um, which from what I've seen is like decent, decent money um, in terms of the fact that when a studio puts a movie out into theaters, they split the profits with the theater. Yeah. That's like how theaters make money other than like, you know, we pay the theaters to go see it, but they have to give a percentage of that money back to the studio that made the film. Um, so the fact that Disney didn't have to do any of that with Mulan, um, I saw something that said that for opening weekend, Mulan was a decent success in terms of that, in terms of the fact that they get to keep all of that money, basically. Um, but the fact that it's already scheduled to come out for free on Disney Plus in December cannot be helping um, that at all yeah there are so many things to watch that you know I think they're banking on families and parents and things like that and that's great for a couple weeks but I don't think it's gonna have staying power in terms of people wanting to rent it yeah and this is where I think that like Disney could really because the the thing about like Hamilton and and Black is King is like that was to get people who wouldn't already have Disney plus to like buy Disney plus exactly like with with Marvel fans like we have Disney Plus because, like, we want to watch the Marvel things that are coming out. We like Marvel. We will watch them over again. But, like, this is where that... Because at first I was like, wait, that's, like, this is not reaching a new audience. How is Disney going to make money? But it's that charging of the $30. Because with, as opposed to, like, Mulan, where, like, I don't really care to spend the $30. Right. Like, all Marvel fans, like us, who go see the movie on opening night and buy tickets 
two weeks in advance are the same people who on the day Black Widow comes out are going to spend the $30. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you 100%. And like you said, are going to keep Disney Plus because our number four what we had written, but I mean, I think this was a really good segue was the, that there was some Marvel news this week about some of the Disney plus shows that are coming out that have been pushed Mm -hmm. back now. I mean, technically if COVID hadn't happened, we would have all of Falcon and winter soldier right now. Yeah. We would have seen all of it. And I mean, it's still filming technically right now. Um, But during the Emmys last night, we did get a full, not a full, I'd, I'd call it a teaser trailer. It was about a minute and a half teaser for WandaVision. And basically the confirmation that it is going to drop on Disney Plus this year. And it looks good. It looks freaky, man. I'm kind of excited for this new direction that I think Marvel is going in with, you know, these different storylines taking risks. You know, this this whole Infinity Saga that we've seen through Endgame or through, I technically, Spider-Man Far From Home from the original Iron Man. Um as amazing as it was and as much as we loved it feels very textbook in terms of superhero movies you know there Mm -hmm. were risks taken and things like that but the story feels very complete so it does very much feel like a blank page now um and yeah and this wandavision show looks like wanda maximoff aka scarlet witch played by elizabeth olsen has gone basically crazy and (laughs) is creating all of these parallel universes in her mind um paul bettany is back playing vision we have katherine hahn in the show mm-hmm. who is very funny um that should be interesting yeah no i'm, I'm extremely ex- i'm really excited to to explore that world and and wanda like i think she's a, a super interesting character and like i um i'm excited to see where they take this and i'm excited to see these shows in like a a TV show capacity just because like I've watched like the Marvel shows that were on like Netflix like Jessica Jones yep. and Luke Cage um, I watched those which is definitely more of this darker direction mm-hmm. incredibly dark direction um, so I'm I'm excited to see this Marvel show with characters that are from the movies making it fit into the narrative of the movies instead mm-hmm. of those Netflix shows which were great like so good and now they are just kind of like tossed out which sucks yeah um these will be part of the narrative like wanda vision is supposed to lead directly into doctor strange and the multiverse of madness which is the second doctor strange movie and wanda is supposed to feature heavily in that so i love that like we have a path for this mm-hmm. so it's not just like kind of a waste of my time to watch these shows like it's it's all part of the larger narrative arc which is interesting. Yes, which is a huge reason why I think both of us really love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And also, we have She-Hulk. Yes, She-Hulk. I mean, it's one of the other shows that is, I think, going into production now. And um, we have a She-Hulk, um, yes. which is Tatiana Maslany, um, who, if I've never watched it, but if anybody watched Orphan Black... Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> if anybody watched Orphan Black, um, she was the lead in that. She won an Emmy for that. Um, she was also most recently in Perry Mason on HBO, which my mom and I watched, um, which was good. And uh, I think this is a great casting choice. Um, She-Hulk is Bruce Banner's cousin. And she gets into an accident and gets a blood transfusion from him and is able to then become the She-Hulk. Well, She's a lawyer. She's, I believe, a human rights lawyer, which we stand. We love that. 
Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll get to see Mark Ruffalo in that show. I love that. That would be, be incredible. Great. Yeah. Um, we have a delay from Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier, right? Yes. It's supposed to be next year now, but we don't really know. I mean, I know they are back to filming, so at least that is uh, that is happening. Yeah. That was I'm, the one I'm that really... I was kind of most excited about, but now that WandaVision is, like, in, like, my sights, I am kind of really looking forward to that as well. Yeah. I mean, I actually really haven't, like, I have Disney+, Plus, but... I haven't actually really used it that much and I'm excited because like the reason that I had gotten it or like that I was excited to use Disney Plus was for the Marvel shows, of course. So love this news, love movement, love things like giving us joy in these dark times. Um, But yeah, so excited about that. Yes, love that. Um, We miss you, Marvel. Also, don't you dare even think about putting Eternals on Disney Plus. I need to see Brian Tyree and Henry's face on a big screen. Yes, you deserve that, Megan. <laughs> you deserve it. I deserve. I deserve. <laughs> um, so our number three is something that happened today, which is great because usually we don't get to report on Monday news. Yes. <laughs> so it, it's a doozy. It's the continued saga of none other than Ellen DeGeneres, to which... I'm so tired of Ellen DeGeneres, but I actually had a pretty busy day today and saw this news kind of flash on my, like, news alerts because I have e-news alerts that, like, pop up on my computer. Of course you do, as you should. As I should. So I saw that, basically the headline that I saw, to which Meg can fill me in on more details, is that Ellen addresses everything that's been happening in the season premiere of her show. Yes. So basically, I watched just the opening clip. It was about four minutes. Um, and Ellen is tackling this social, socially distant live audience in an interesting way. Um, she has screens in every seat and people, individual people's faces are on the screens. Um, it's reminiscent it. for me of, I hate it. It's reminiscent for me of what was happening at um, the NFL draft when fans were kind of zoomed in to see who their team picked. Um, but yeah, it was not, it, right. it felt very weird, very of the future, very not what I want to see. Um, but yeah, so there was technically like real applause, real reaction to what she was saying. Um, but basically she just came right out and started talking about it. She was saying, if you're her first line was something like, if you're here because you love me, welcome. If you're here because you don't love me, like also welcome. Um, it seemed kind of like she was trying to make some jokes about it, but uh, it didn't. None of the <laughs> jokes landed for me. Um, she talked about the allegations and how there was an investigation and how because her name is on the show she takes responsibility. Um, she said, being known as the be kind lady is a tricky position to be in. She said, take my advice. If, if you're looking to nickname yourself something, don't make it the be kind lady. Um, and basically just started saying about how she, like a lot of people were asking, are you the per, you're not the person that I see on TV. You're fake, blah, blah, blah. And she kind of said, no, like the truth is like, I am the person you see on TV, but I also get impatient and I get mad and I got anxious and I get this and I get that. 
and she was saying how she's a work in progress and how they're gonna like move forward as a work in progress together <laughs> to her which her, i just her and her producers her and her show oh, yeah okay. i mean some of the producers i think were let go um but some of them are still there it's not all it wasn't a complete like clean house um and to which i say bitch you are not 25 you are not 19 you are an adult woman and to say you're a work in progress in the way that you treat people in your workplace does not fly with me i completely agree i mean oh every time i talk about ellen i just it's so sad because like i want more than anything for like ellen to be better to like really be able to champion someone like ellen because i 100% understand that Ellen has been such a beacon for people um, in the industry for queer representation. We know this. But, like, regardless of who you are, what you look like, where you're from, I always say this, it's free to be nice. It's free to be kind. Literally. And to treat people with respect. We were just talking about this earlier. Yeah. Like, it's What does it... What does it give you to just be an asshole? It doesn't. It shouldn't give you anything good. And, like, I'm just, like, a bit tired of these celebrities, like, getting on here and, like, try like, these apologies. Like, I get that, I get it, everyone's allowed to apologize. And, like, we, we accept changing your opinion when new information has been presented to you. Exactly. Um, but, but Normalize this, this it. Is, we love it. But this is not new information to Ellen. Like, there's been rumors She's about- trying to act like the abuse and the, you know, allegations of misconduct- were news to her and they were not because she was a perpetrator of a lot of it we've i mean i feel like i've been hearing these like rumors about ellen being mean for like years now a hundred percent it's nothing new and that's why it just felt even as someone who doesn't watch ellen but thinking about all of the people across this country who watch ellen every day yeah all of the lesbian young lesbian women lesbian women, LGBTQ people who were inspired by her and who found solace in her story and all of that. It's such a slap in the face to every single person who ever enjoyed an an episode of Ellen to just get up there and lie because that's what she did. She just lied. It's It's like she said, I'm a pretty good actress. I don't think that I could that I'm that good that I could come out here every day for 17 years and fool you. This is me. And she was saying I'm a pretty good actress because she said, I played straight characters on TV, so I know I'm a pretty good actress. It just all felt so disingenuous and so manufactured. And I mean, I I, I don't want shit to go back to normal for her. I'm afraid no. it will. Yeah. Um, Because she just has that fan base that maybe doesn't, care Care. about that kind of shit you know what I mean um but I mean I don't think I think a lot of people will never see her the same way again I mean before this I didn't like her I'm not gonna like her tomorrow she's just not my cup of tea um but yeah it's unfortunate it's unfortunate that this is the way it was handled it 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 feels very brushed under the rug 100% it's like no longer these like mediocre apologies gonna be enough and like it's it's so true i do have to remember that like a lot of the world that doesn't see pop culture with such a critical eye that like maybe we do and people we follow on instagram and twitter do or like our circles 
do. But like, still, I mean, Ellen, to know that you have so much power and influence and to use it and, and treat this situation in such like a neg- like negligible, like it was something that like happened that was it like, feels completely blase. careless. Yeah, it's it feels just... completely careless. Like she, you know, she she at the beginning she was like, "How was everyone's summer? Mine was great." Like sarcastically, and I was just kind of like, "I get it. You're a comedian, so you use humor to deflect, but it's just very, yeah, like careless and completely like, like she didn't even give it a second thought." Yeah, it's just. It's upsetting, Ellen. I'm tired of you. I was tired of you when your New York Times article came out and you were saying that you wanted to be treated like a normal human. Like, literally, this is tired. You said it before. I'm tired of you. That's really it. Tired, 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 tired. Yeah, and she had an opportunity here, I suppose, to do it better. I don't know what she would have done, and I don't know why if or if I even expected anything better out of her, but the confirmation of her just being like completely over it is not what you want to hear. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Number two is a celebration. Yes. I mean, after the stress of talking about Ellen DeGeneres, we're moving into a white woman that I love. (laughs) White excellence. We're moving into white excellence. And that is of course, None other than Stephanie Germanata. Literally like the patron saint of this podcast. (laughs) I mean, because every time the world feels as though it's caving in on me, Stephanie Germanata is a beacon of light. Yes. I mean, this kind of came, I mean, as much as I think we knew 911 was going to be the next single, um, this music video was very, very quick to, to pop up. Like it was all of a sudden it was happening on Friday. Exactly. It just very quickly happened. Um, And I mean, it was, I mean, if we have to use our word, it was the iconacity of Lady Gaga and the 911 music video. The iconacity of Lady Gaga. Also, I really appreciated the kind of the ode to the storytelling of old Gaga, but in this like new, fresh way, like it very much reminded me of Judas. Giselle, I was just about to say this. There was so, as, and even just the like the storytelling aspect of it as well was so old school Gaga, which I loved, and like the acting, like yes, Stephanie. But there were so many images mm. throughout that I was just like, that's Judas, like, or like even like a bad romance moment on it at one point, like with like the. It was just, it was yeah, it was such a callback to her old stuff. It was kind of a moment of her, I think, just saying like, "Hey, I'm still here, bitches. Like I never left. Like I am still." Still that bitch. <laughs> Literally. And so obviously if you've seen that on one, you know, it's like pretty symbolic. There's like a twist at the end. Um, and so I've heard different rumblings of like different um, background backstories to the music video. And apparently what I've heard, Meg, correct me, or if you've heard this as well, that um, mm-hmm. Gaga basically told the director of the um music video like the story from her past and apparently the story is like when when gaga was younger she had ended up getting in a bike accident that actually like killed someone i think so um this obviously if you've seen the music video um is a rep is like this director's representation of that story that gaga told and the significance Mm -hmm. of it and like there were so many like you said religious religious um influences and um yeah, I mean, it was it was wild. And also, like, Gaga's brain, just, like, to, to have a snapshot of that woman's brain is wild. Um, 
I can't even imagine. It's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, it was just like a beautifully shot video, too. It was the like the, the imagery, the color palette, all of it was just so striking. And so, I mean, we've seen <laughs> Stupid Love. We've seen Rain on Me. Obviously shot on green screen. You know, great dancing, great choreo. But this felt so... Like, her old music videos were shot on location, you know, in this, like, beautiful, it looked kind of like a, kind of like a church, right? Like, or kind of like a, in, maybe in, like, New Mexico or something. Um, and it was just, it was so striking from the first visual. Um, and then the shift again to where she's, like, you know, obviously hallucinating in the beginning, where she's seeing all these things, she's flying in the air, um, she's in all these different outfits and then it completely a switch is flipped and she is post accident, um, being treated by an EMT and all the people that were in the hallucination are there and it just felt, it felt very Wizard of Oz, you know, yeah. <laughs> you were there and you were there and you were there. Um, a movie that I'm sure Gaga loves what I just know <laughs> in my heart. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was striking then too. I was, I was just like. It was unsettling, but also it's really stuck with me, you know? Like, I was thinking, I'm still, I mean, it's only been a couple of days, but I'm still thinking about it days later. It's, it was, um, it felt, like I said, like, it felt like coming home for Gaga. Oh, I know. And, like, I love stuff like that. And, like, it just, um, I love that. I love when people, like, have these things that kind of play into both parts and, like, it, yeah, it was just, I'm thinking about it, the way it flashes, like, um, also the way that I know that Sign From Above is going to be the next music video because at the end it goes into Sign From Above, I will never get over it. I'm just so obsessed, like, her mind. Um, uh, Gaga, it was great. It was really good. And I think there's still so, like, there's so many things to, to unearth about that music video. And like, in the words of the Swifties, like, there's many Easter eggs in yes. this, in this music video. Um, and I think I need to watch it like a hundred more times, but, but yeah, I needed this. Like we talked about, is Stephanie, has Stephanie done enough with this album? And I, I mean, maybe, maybe not, but nine on one is what I needed. And I'm glad that we got it. I think she's trying. I think she's trying to make Chromatica happen now. Yeah. To which like, okay, let's let it happen now. Like I'm ready. I have my Chromatica ticket. I'm whenever Gaga decides and the world decides (laughs) Chromatica can happen, I'm ready. But... (laughs) No, I mean, I'm ready, too, and I think, I mean, I don't think Grammy voting is open yet, so I think that this is perfect timing if she really wants to make a statement that this album deserves an album of the year nod. Ugh, I would love Lady Gaga to win a Grammy for this. I know, me too. Um, Anyway, that was just a delightful thing that happened on Friday. Yes, uh, one delightful thing before we get into this This I mean, something we literally have barely spoken about. I mean, I think we... Yesterday, we were like, oh, my God, this. And we were like, yeah, we have to talk about it. But we didn't really talk about it. And that is something which is crazy that I've been reflecting on about this story is that Cheer on Netflix literally came out this year. Wait, what? It came out this year because when I was in Vermont, Caitlin and I were at the lodge and we watched all of it in one day because we didn't go skiing. (laughs) Oh, this year has really been a vortex. In January. And it had just come out. It was like a phenomenon. I mean, for anyone who doesn't know about Cheer, um, 
Cheer is basically this Netflix documentary series that uh, came out in January, and it was about this cheer team in uh, Corsicana, Texas, in this super small town in Texas, um, who had this, like, crazy amazing coach. Uh, her name's Coach Monica. She's on Dancing with the Stars now. She is? She is on Dancing with the Stars, Yes. Oh, Lord. So she's had to address this situation already because she's, like, out in the public eye right now. It was basically about them going to Daytona and winning the cheer competition there, competing in it. Um, And there were a lot of breakout stars from this. Um, Lexi, Morgan, Ladarius, my personal favorite, Ladarius. Um, And there was also a boy named Jerry Harris. Who was arguably the biggest breakout star. Yes. And I, I mean, I think like now I wouldn't call him my favorite, but he was absolutely someone that made me cry. I mean, you learn a lot about these kids' backstories and um, where they came from and their struggles in life and how cheer has has transformed their lives and things like that. Um, but yeah, it was really sad news to hear about this. I mean, obviously fucking horrible, but basically... Um, he was arrested on child pornography charges last week. Oh, it's just so, it's just so bad. I mean, like, he truly, like, over the last couple of months, like, he was on the cover of Teen Vogue, or he, like, had this, all these things, like, all these, like, huge stories. Like, I think he was on Ellen, I think, like, just so many huge things, and, like, TikTok, he was huge on TikTok. Like, he was always also, it, on, popping up on my TikTok. It just came out of, I mean, whatever. What you do in the dark comes to the light, I guess. And like, people can put on any kind of facade to the world and like what they're doing in their personal lives, we have no idea about, I guess. But like, I, I mean, to me, it, this felt very out of left field, but. Oh, totally. I mean, when I saw it, I was shook, completely shook. I was um, truly shaken when I saw his name pop up on my like alerts. I thought it was something that I truly never in a million years would have thought that. Yeah. I mean, he was like on the show. If you haven't watched, it was he was basically like the wholesome, you know, rooting for everybody. He had lost his mom. He was super tight with his mom and she had died. And and he had this really tragic backstory and and was struggling to make the team for Daytona, but eventually did. It was like he overcame all this adversity. And just to have this be like the end of his story now, basically, because it is, you know, he's not going anywhere after this. Um, Basically, he admitted in an interview i think the fbi was literally like like investigating him which is crazy that he exchanged like sexually explicit photos on snapchat with at least 10 people he knew were underage um to having sex with a 15 year old at a cheerleading competition and then he was i think there were like 13 year old twin brothers who filed a lawsuit against him for like online harass online and in-person harassment yeah, it's just, it's just sick. It's just so bad. It, it, it's so bad. It's, it's bad. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, again, as we say, these celebrities, and I mean, he wasn't a celebrity up until nine months ago, but they'll, for the most part, they'll always let you down, right? 
I mean, yeah. Like, also, he probably thought he was going to get away with it for a long time. It's like, yeah. I mean, this is a different, different thing, but this makes me think of um, last season, like last full season of RuPaul's Drag Race, season 12. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, Sherry Pie, who was one of the queens on Drag Race last season that got fourth. Um, right before the season aired, um, it came out that Sherry Pie was like soliciting. Um, like was pretending to be a casting director right. and like all like in basically soliciting like sexual pictures and sexual acts and favors and, and for this like exchange of possibly becoming famous, basically the cold casting director thing. Everyone knows how that plays out. Um, and then we had to watch Sherry pie. Like they tried to cut out a lot of it, but like they couldn't really cut all of it out. Like we had to watch Sherry pie, like be on this season of drag race and like candidly be very good on this season of drag race. And it's like so weird because like, these people have just like you've they've put out this media and they've done these things but like they have this past or they have these things that happen to them and it's like it's just so weird it's so weird to watch it all exist in the same space it's like now you can never watch cheer the same again exactly or like even think about them like monica is like on week two of dancing with the stars like she's gonna be on it maybe for i mean i'm sure she's got moves you know she's a cheer coach she was a cheerleader it's going to be on this show, like, and we have to making comments about it as it's going on. It's, it's, it is, it's, it's so unsettling. I mean, and it's and like these, Lee. This, yeah. This decision to cut people out of things that's been happening a lot now too. Like what you were talking about with RuPaul, how they tried to cut cherry pie out. Like that's like with, um, Siesta key. Yeah. They, because this, the main character basically whose dad, I mean, he wasn't necessarily the main character at this point. His ex-girlfriend Juliet has become the centerfold of the show, but his dad like paid MTV basically to get him this reality show. And now they had to cut it. They completely cut him out of the new season. And I've heard from people who watch that he is like nowhere to be found because he basically had racist posts and stuff. So like good riddance, but, but like literally it's, it's, it's crazy. Like whether like, the decision to either erase the person is that also erasing the controversy and also conversation around it that should be had or is leaving them in giving them too much of a platform then to be seen in a positive light like that it's just so it's so tricky my next question is are we vetting are we no vetting nobody's vetting anyone because apparently oh if God. we were vetting if we took one second to look into these people's past we would understand that we shouldn't be having these people on these shows in the first place um, or we're just waiting for things to happen. I'm like, where's, what's the deal? What's, what's going on here? It's, yeah, it's like we're vetting, we're not vetting these people. And then we're giving a platform to these people who, with toxic behaviors, painting them in a positive light. And then, you know, so now it's even more complex because I mean, obviously Jerry's younger, so whatever. I don't know. With Jerry, it's, it's so upsetting kind of, even though like, I'm like, okay, he absolutely shouldn't have done that, and that's completely wrong and horrible. But everybody who watched Cheer sees him in this incredibly positive light and sees him as this lovable goofball. So now this is just so jarring for people that I'm sure people are like, oh, like, I believe Jerry. You know what I mean? Even though there are all these testimonials that he's doing this serially. It's crazy. It's it's just, yeah. And I mean, like, you think about when Rachel Lindsay was The Bachelorette and they had that racist guy, Lee, on. And it's like, that was the question then. Did you do any vetting to protect your first black Bachelorette? And I'm sure maybe they did do it, but they thought it would make for good TV. And that's it. It's like, 
Holly, like, you don't want to believe that people are this twisted, but, like, people are so twisted. It's like, maybe there was someone who saw that this was a thing or maybe saw, heard an inkling of it, but was like, I didn't see anything. I don't know. Well, I didn't see it. But, like, yeah, I mean, it's just, oh, just, and, like, this, you know, this shit's going to keep happening, which is, which is just sad. And it's like, you can make good TV out of other things rather than, like, you know putting people in awkward positions and putting people in situations that make them uncomfortable like you know like I'm talking about Rachel in this situation like subjecting her to that yeah and then you know it's just it's awful and it's also to me like this like some of the saddest parts is like if there was someone who was supposed to vet and didn't properly vet it really makes me sad for all the other people that are part of the productions that they're putting on and because those things are always going to be tainted like yeah now Monica can't even like whatever. Who knows? She may be a bad person, but I mean, now, I'm not like that broken up about it. But yeah, it sucks for her. You know no, what I mean? But like, not even not even just her. Like Gabby, whatever those other people's names are. Gabby, like, Lexi, Morgan, like Ladarius, like all these yeah. public figures now who forever, whenever they're asked about cheer, there's gonna be this cloud yeah. over it. And like that same with season twelve. It was like every time I was trying to watch season twelve, like at the beginning of that season, it would like it was like Sherry Pie, like, got kicked, like, is not going to be in the finals and, like, all of her winnings that she won throughout the whole entire season are being donated to the Trevor Project, which is, like, incredible. But, like, um, it's just, like, now all those season 12 queens, like, every time they think about their season, they're going to remember that Sherry Pie was on it and all the controversy. And I'm sure there are queens who were, you know, knocked out before Sherry Pie, like, that will feel like they were robbed of an opportunity and the top was it like top three then in the final yes they sherry pie was top four um yeah so then the top three are probably like and then you know, there are probably people like who are like oh three, if she, yeah and then they were probably pie, like if like sherry pie had been in the top three like would sherry pie have won you know what i mean like that's the difference like then there's like always like a kind of a cloud over that it's like did i win fair and square you yeah know? But it's tricky. It's so tricky. I mean, this was like, yeah, crazy, craziness. But it's, yeah, it's truly wild. It's tricky. But I mean, uh, yeah, uh, bad, 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 bad. bad, I mean, bad, bad. bad. horrible, (laughs) horrible, horrible actions. Um, I mean, yeah, what a whirlwind of topics. Truly so, so random. Um, But that's what you get. From us. That's what you um, get from us on a Monday night. On a Monday night. Um, yes. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our Emmys recap and yes. the rest of our topics. Um, oh, wait. Before we go, we're introducing a new segment Woo! this week, um, which we are calling Go Girl Give Us Nothing. <laughs> and this award is given to a person, place or thing, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> who during this week gave us nothing. Yes. And I think this week we are awarding this award to um, mostly the women, the women who were nominated for Emmys, who didn't even bother to zoom in. <laughs> My queen, Laura Dern, giving us yep. nothing. Kate giving Blanchett, us nothing. giving us nothing. Giving us nothing. <laughs> Tony Collette, giving us nothing. Meryl Streep. Giving us nothing. Meryl Streep giving us negative. Nothing. Olivia Coleman giving us nothing. Jodie Comer 
giving us nothing. In their defense, most of them are on UK or Australia time. <laughs> but still but gave still, us nothing. Some other people, like Paul Mescal, was in Ireland or London mm. or something. So he zoomed in. Um, but honestly, it's the iconicity of them just like not caring enough to zoom in for the Emmys. Honestly, they're like, I don't give a fuck about the digital Emmys. I'll be asleep. Yeah. To which, I mean, give it. <laughs> yeah, I just like, nothing, no, the Emmys. No, thank you, Jimmy. No, thank you. Yep, absolutely. But that's the inaugural Go Girl Give Us Nothing Award. Um, okay, so again, yes, thank you for listening. Um, yes, honestly, we hope you guys like that segment. Yes. Um, please continue to rate, review, and subscribe to the pod. Just because the contest is over doesn't mean we don't still want you to review. Um, and yeah, I think that's it for today, yes. for tonight. Oh, guys, guys, just so you have a clue, we've been having Zoom issues this whole entire episode. It's been stressful, man. But we made it through. We made but, it through. And, and hopefully you will not be able to tell. Um, yes. And anyway. we hope you enjoyed the episode. Yes, and have a great rest of your week. Um, some exciting stuff coming on Insta soon. Yes. And some new bonus episodes, special episodes we have in we have scheduled, so that'll be exciting. We'll give you guys some more info about that soon. But um yeah. Anyway. Love, Love you, G. You Meg. <laughs> <laughs> I switched it up there. <laughs> Love you, Meg. Love you, G.